Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services, and my passion is creating success in people by sharing my experiences in real estate, entrepreneurship, and community involvement. My partner, Heather Wimbrod, and I will be hearing from expert leaders in these spaces and giving you practical advice to help you accelerate your business. So pull up a seat because we are about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. Hey, everybody. Today on the podcast, we welcome Nashville broker Grant Hammond, owner of Metropolitan Brokers. Grant's not your typical real estate agent and has a unique perspective on all things real estate. Thank you for joining us again, Grant. So, Grant, you were just elected to the Greater Nashville Realtors Board of Directors. I was. First and foremost, congratulations yes. thank on you. that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, we have a lot of stuff going on in our industry right now at the association level. What do you hope to do by being on the board? So, let me first by saying I was a reluctant candidate. I don't know that I necessarily would have run on my own unless several people had encouraged the run. And I am thankful they've done so because as I have dug in, I have found several places where I think I could be useful. Mm-hmm. The first is I hope to help Realtrax, the MLS, achieve some more of their goals, mm-hmm. not just the growth of Realtrax coverage, but also the growth of their service offerings. Mm-hmm. I think for a long time, MLSs existed only as a place where you put in listings and look at listings, and that was all they did. Mm-hmm. But I think that it has changed tremendously. And now a MLS or someone like Realtrax who writes their own code is a place where perhaps you can get websites or you can do single property listings or you can participate in social media in different ways. It needs to be more of a destination for agents than just I go put a listing in and then I only go back when I want to go look up other listings. It needs to be a place that you need to go daily, if not two or three times a day. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there are ways to implement that. And I think Stuart's probably tired of me talking yeah. about it. And Mark Hill is definitely tired of me talking about it. So like a, a dashboard for your real estate career. Oh, yeah. Think of all these third-party sites that people pay into That's to right. have integration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if you just went to Realtrax and you could create your own website, have that integration, the IDX integration? Right. And genius. Mm-hmm. I think One they've already shop. started doing a lot of that stuff. Like when Showing Time was acquired by Zillow, I think a lot of agents thought, okay, we need another option. Mm-hmm. And so Realtrax created a solution for showings mm-hmm. and that continues to grow and get better and better and better. A lot of people don't realize like Realtrax will release kind of a beta version right. and then they'll get feedback and then they'll they'll add more services. And so when it first came out, people were like, this is terrible. Like it only does these three things. Now it does 40 things. And and by the end of it, it'll do 100 things. And so I think there could be better integration with our contracting system. And so I know the state is, you know, sort of a transaction desk advocate. And so I feel like Realtrax could probably integrate with transaction desk via UI. And maybe you don't leave Realtrax to go do your paperwork. Mm -hmm. That would be seem to me to be a better solution than Mm -hmm. having to use one of the four different contracting systems out there. 
or go directly to the transaction desk, which sometimes you have to go through the back door because the front door is being yeah. worked on. And so, yeah, you get a spinning circle of death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've got to write this offer now. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so, I think there are ways to do that. And then, you know, as sellers begin to demand more exposure in the marketplace, I think single properties listing websites, you know, for 123mainstreet.com, mm-hmm. that would be very easy for them to generate. We could use content on there. They could use any number of software platforms to do that. You could build it out of WordPress if you wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it would it'd require a minimal management, ongoing management from the RealTrack side, as long as they adopt uh, like a forum where you could ask questions of each other on the mm-hmm. forum. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the social media aspect of it. We already do that on in Facebook and certain groups where we ask people, mm-hmm. you know, we all give advice and that kind of good stuff. All that could be done right there on the RealTrack's yeah. website. And keep you coming back, keep you more engaged, and really show you the value of what that brings. So that's one of the things that I'm, I've been passionate about for a long time that I hope that uh, my position on the board will afford me to do. The other thing is I really want to, like, real estate's at an inflection point, right? There's a lot going on with DOJ lawsuits, with lawsuits against MLSs, the Penn's MLS settlement is going to change the way MLSs operate. Mm-hmm. There are five different things that could happen here. The most extreme of which to the left is NAR dissolves under all these lawsuits and declares bankruptcy and you no longer have to be a member of NAR to practice real estate. So it goes more the commercial real estate route and everyone's out there in the sea swimming by themselves and you're just lost. All the way to, well, not much happens. You know, the NAR wins these lawsuits or minimally or settles these lawsuits and and nothing really changes. I kind of want to be there to make sure that this business is around for the next generation. Mm-hmm. It has done a ton for me and my family. And I've seen it do a ton for a lot of other agents in this business, not just the agents, but the clients that we help. And I don't want it to disintegrate into this faceless Wall Street owned commercial style business because buying and selling of a primary residence is not conducive to a real, to a commercial set of ideals mm-hmm. and ethics, if you will. And so I get worried about that. So I want to be here to, to see if I can't provide a little bit of guidance to help keep pushing us in the direction where we still are relevant. I mean, we're not the 1990s stockbroker. Right. So question, let's say DOJ comes down and says, okay, NAR, you have had a monopoly on the realtors. You are forcing them to be a member to get services through MLSs. I mean, you know, to get MLS because you're forced to belong. Right. If DOJ says, all right, you do not, realtor, you do not have to be a member of NAR, which in essence makes you not a realtor because you're only a realtor through that membership. Yeah, you're a real estate agent. Yep. You become a licensee. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we're all licensees, but yeah, you're not a realtor. Do you think the majority of realtors would cut the cord and get out of NAR? I think there's a small vocal group, let's call it 15%, that would. They would immediately say, you know what? They've not done anything for me. And they've already done it. Then they've already, already yeah, they've already done it. And, and, you know, I'm I'm not valued. I don't see I'm getting any value out of this. The fees that I pay into the system, I just don't see me getting anything out of that. And that's, let's call that the undereducated knee-jerk people. And that's, all generations of people, and there's we all know people like mm-hmm. that in our lives. Sure. I think they're out immediately, and I think that there is a corporate structure, probably Wall Street owned, probably somebody like 
co-star <laughs> who comes in and says, I'll be your new daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they'll just be right back in that same situation, except it won't be called NAR. It'll be called, you know, homes.com, preferred realtor or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And they'll be right back in that same system, but they're seemingly happy because of it. I don't think there's going to be a mass defection, right? Like we all read the headline that Redfin is out. Mm-hmm. Well, what percentage of their agents actually left? It's not very many because... Because when they named all the states that where they couldn't leave. Right, yeah. So you know? anywhere where you had to be a realtor to join the MLS, none of them left. And then the mm-hmm. states where you did not have to belong to the association or to have access, they actually gave the brokers in charge the ability to decide whether or not they wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. And not all of them decided to leave. There is value in the advocacy that NAR does in Washington. If you think back to during the pandemic, when everyone was stay at home, we were named essential workers Mm -hmm. at that point in time. That only happened through the advocacy in in Washington, and we were able to go out there and and practice real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, And the local level, too. Yeah. Greater National Realtors did a good job for yeah. through Metro with John Cooper when he signed it here that we were essential workers. That didn't happen in every industry. Yeah. Buying and selling real estate is it's a pretty essential activity for a lot of people at, at certain periods in their lives. When they've had a, a death or a divorce or a job promotion or they're moving across the country. I mean, life doesn't really wait for you when those opportunities for arise sure. or those tragedies occur. And so yeah. you've got to you got to make decisions and you've got to have advice and you've got to have someone step in there and guide you through the process. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to, if you're going through, let's say it's a low point, a tragedy, death, and, and how do you handle that along with all the other things that you've got to do in that process? And so it's, it's those type of advocacy things that NAR has done that does make them a valuable organization. I think you cut the fat out of it. I think oh, it's you, bloated. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it was bloated when I was super involved, like in 2004 through 2010. It was super bloated back then, and now it's exponentially, and and they're imploding. So I think there's going to be a resurrection of something much better. Yeah. To come out of that, I feel like our local associations right now are are good. I feel like Greater National Realtors is is doing a good job and only about to get better. I, I just feel like. Hopefully, we will be stepping up in even a bigger way to represent the members. It doesn't need to be the cool kids club. Like, this isn't a country club. Like, right. you didn't get in because you were the you know most liked. Most popular person. Yeah. yeah. That, this organization had become that way in some mm-hmm. cases, uh, especially as you go to the larger levels. And mm-hmm. so, we really just got to get back in there and just start fighting for the basics. Yeah. But yeah, there are essential things that the association should do for its members and for the community. Mm-hmm. The other stuff is just inconsequential fluff. Mm-hmm. And we need to weed through that stuff and get right back to roll our sleeves up and really do the things that matter. Hi, I'm Harry Allen, co-founder and chief relationship officer of Studio Bank. Studio Bank is passionate about what our members create. And we're here to support you through the process. We provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often, the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 176-1767.
every career coach, whatever says, oh, you need to be out networking outside of your industry. I'm like, well, in real estate, because your competition is also your colleague, I want to know as many agents as I can. I want to work together with these agents because when you do your transaction, it's that much easier to do. And it provides that group of people to get together from time to time to get to know each other better. Yeah, it's friendly competition, mm-hmm. yeah. right? You can't be adversaries in this business. You won't At last all. long. You won't no. last long. And you don't want all the business. There's people, like I might call Grant and say, I don't think I can take this client. Do you want them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, they're a short-term rental person. <laughs> There's a seller who wants to list 200,000 every list. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. things that you post to engage and the comments you get, I mean, it's got to be strategic on your part. Or do you just wake up and you're like, I'm just going to ask this question today? No, it is. Um, I like to get people talking so I can get a read on the room and try to learn more about those individual people who are commenting. So I have a very moderate political view and worldview. And I'm trying to figure out other people so I know how to negotiate with them. Okay. So I have a running spreadsheet um, characteristics that I keep on <laughs> people who have been commenting. Are you serious? I am. Okay. And so when I so neg- you just look at the comments, well, and I know like- how to connect with them at that point. So okay. even if it's somebody I haven't done a ton of business with, yeah, I'll know a good intro, or I know how to. Yeah, I need to comment more. Then I don't always comment, so maybe I'll make your spreadsheet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm the worst. I like always look at everybody's. And I rarely comment. Yeah. So, but I was so interested. Lo- I do love the questions. If you won the lottery, which is up to a what one point three? No billion. one won last night. No, so, I think yeah. it might be like one seven now. It's one a seven. huge number. Gosh, I loved reading the comments on that. Yeah, loved it. So, Heather, what would you do if you won the lottery? Oh gosh, I probably wouldn't do anything for at least six months, and just kind of let it settle, not tell anyone, see if you can accept it anonymously. <laughs> I've looked into that. You cannot. You cannot. Mm-mm. And you okay. can't even have, like my CPA and I always had this deal. I'm like, look, you're on retainer for when I win the lottery. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> to go, she's like, I-, I can't remember. She told me our research tip. When you sign that card, your lottery card, it says that you'll... You have to come forward. It has to be you. Okay. Well, yeah. I've never bought a lottery ticket. My husband buys them. I've never bought one. Yeah. So hopefully he'll share. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Or maybe I guess your my CPA could be the winner but there'd have to be something strong in writing that I get X percent of that. Right. Yeah, I think the the way I phrased it was, what's the first item you would splurge on? Because mm. ah. if you say, what's the first thing you would do, everyone okay. would answer, call an attorney yeah. or get a good CPA. Right. What's the first thing you would splurge, splurge on? Splurge on. Oh, good one. Ooh. So presumably you've already talked to the attorneys, you've yeah. already ta- you've set up the estate, you're covered, you've got your liability, you've got your security detail in place, found a way to make all of your addresses anonymous. Yes, I would and, buy a pool. Uh, what's the first splurge? Splurge. Saltwater pool. Saltwater pool. With, with oh. one of those tanning decks, even though I don't really tan. <laughs> I think they look really pretty. <laughs> They're gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I just got back from the beach and I saw one of those and they had the umbrella stand in the tanning thing. That is so what, that's what I what want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I mean, I'd probably get a plane. So someone said that, that yeah, they'd get I mean, a private it, plane. I'd get a private plane. I love flying in a little private. It wouldn't be little. I, yeah. I would get a yeah. non-scary private plane and a pilot. Here's a, a funny fact about me. I've flown a lot, a lot over the years. And I refuse to get on a plane that seats less than 100. 
So if there's under 100 <laughs> souls, it. I will not get on that plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, I have this irrational fear of small yeah. planes. Yeah. But big planes, I'm 100% confident on. So the, yeah. my wife told me she would, you know, get a, a NetJet membership. And I was like, well, that's without me. And she's like, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That is so funny. The other thing I would like to do, I saw this on there too, or something with this. I would privatize the Metro Codes department and get the best and brightest in there and pay them real salaries and have the the permit money. You know, we're not just now a budget of Metro. Yeah, This can be a money-making entity for Metro, but it's you know going to get funny? the best and brightest in there. Metro Codes is the only self-sustaining department yep. in all of Metro. So yep. they in theory, are a net zero cost to the taxpayer because all of the fees that builders pay, mm-hmm. pay for the salaries and all the time and effort and facilities of those folks. So it is a net zero already. But it's not that it's a net zero. It's that each quarter we have a Metro official come in and, and educate the agents on something. So we've had director of codes, we've had the director of planning, you know, somebody in here. And it's just that the salaries that they pay aren't commensurate with going they've to lost, a law firm. They've so lost you lose half all their people. The really good people. Even the planners are going to Charlotte and other peer yeah. cities and reviewers because yeah, they're getting we, paid ten to fifteen thousand dollars more. Do you go to on the Chamber of Commerce leadership mission trips I don't. each year? So this year we went to Tampa and their director of codes was talking and he was just so engaging and amazing. And the mayor was there and I can't remember what his salary was or the things that he's been able to do. And all of us on the real estate side or the developer were like, what? Because Tampa's like, uh, is like Nashville, you know, and they recognize that they have to pay to play. Yeah. Charlotte figured it to out right. too. It just yeah. Nashville can't figure it out. And when they asked for a pay raise, they got a fraction yeah. Is what they asked for. And it costs us no, like you said, it's an, and it would still be a net still, zero with, with appropriate pay raises right? to be, you know, not way exceeding the private sector, but be commiserate competitive with, yeah. Yeah, with be. the private sector. Yeah. yeah. Because when everybody walked, those five key people walked out three years ago, yeah. I guess, you're just like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're dealing in new construction at any level. But, I know. I do miss Bill. I do too. Oh. <laughs> I know. We're but, still uh, operating under an interim director. Yeah. You know, we still don't have a permanent director yet. And he's lovely. And you know, he's like, oh, I'll probably be here for three more years or whatever <laughs> he said as interim. I'm going, oh, but you know, make that a private sector that Metro can hire Yeah, and let it make money. Well, we, we've made it known to the new mayor that that's a department that we feel like is an easy, low-hanging fruit fix mm-hmm. and that we yeah. really like to see that. The excessive wait times for permits for stormwater review, do nothing but make real estate more expensive, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're a builder developer and it takes you a year to get your building permits, that's a year of interest that you're going to pass on to the buyer. Yeah. And so it's- And today's interest is- Very expensive. <laughs> and it could put you out of business in the meantime. It could, yeah. It's waiting. accelerating the price of, of homes. And so if you want to bring some affordability back, how does an affordable home builder come in here and wait for a year while Metro Stormwater fumbles the ball 15 times mm-hmm. just to get, you know, you get one reviewer and then comments come back. You send in a day later your answers and it's like, well, that reviewer is gone now. So now you have this reviewer and you're starting again, mm-hmm. bottom of the pile. It's a real just shit show. Yeah. So what would you splurge on you know, I, if you won the I don't know that I have an answer 
that's a really cool answer, but I would set up a self-perpetuating. So let me preface this by saying that one of my favorite things to do in my off time is to coach sports. And so I coach a ton of youth sports. So right now it's tackle football season. Um, do you have children? I do. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. So I have a son who's 14, who's an eighth grader right now, but I, t- I uh, coach 11 and 12 year old travel football right now and have for years and in the wintertime basketball and the yeah. springtime flag football and the summertime, take a little break. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get volunteers in those organizations. And so I would set up a self-perpetuating fund that would be able to fund all of those organizations for youth soccer and football and volleyball and gymnastics so that all these kids in middle Tennessee had the same opportunity to play in those sports. Cause I feel like sports creates community yeah. mm-hmm. and it's a place where you learn a lot of valuable lessons about working with people and conflict resolution and all the things that happen during a season or a game or a practice. And it doesn't feel like those opportunities exist enough in middle Tennessee. And so I'd spend a chunk of money creating that love, organization. Yeah. yeah. Cause kids need something to do. Right, A lot of them need to learn some lessons about life, too. A lot of them Mm -hmm. are just out there playing video games or on social media, and they're learning really weird things that you run across on social media. But the basics, you're not really getting anymore, especially if both parents are working or one parent's working. And so sports is such a good place to learn those lessons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I kind of sucked at sports for a while. And I learned a lot of lessons about perseverance and how to get, if you wanted to be better, what did you have to do to be better? And then I became better at sports. Right. And, so, and you've taken that along with you through your career. Because in real estate, it's just, you practice real estate. You just keep, that's it. keep building, building, investing in your brain on everything you're learning and paying attention to. Yeah. You're never perfect at anything. You have to keep working towards it. Educating. Have you met me? No, just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Correct. I have never perfect at anything. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Heather, what other questions do you have well, for our guests? I today? don't have a question. I just want to say thank you for always being so engaging. I feel like every time you put information out there, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook and it's a stat, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I've stopped my day. I've got to read stop this. My day. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to read what Grant has put out there because it is the gospel and it is it's going to, you know, directly impact what I'm doing, what I'm working on in the real estate world. So thank you for taking the time to always put that out there. And and I think it just helps all of us, not just me, but I think it, it helps all of the agents. I agree. And I just appreciate you always being a leader and stepping out and doing it in a very methodical way. You know, the things you say to Heather's point does grab people's attention and you do it so confidently. And we've been talking about having you on the show yes. for some time now. So we are so grateful that you carved out time today to come sit down with us. I'm happy to be here. Yay. And I can't wait to see what you do on the board at Greater National Realtors. It's going to be interesting, I think. Yeah, it will. I was talking to one of the board members this morning, and I said, at least there's going to be a loud voice. on the the board now. (laughs) Well, a loud, sensible voice. There's been loud voices before. I I don't know how sensible they are. So (laughs) to be seen. (laughs) Well, you you said something. I know we need to wrap the show up, but you said something that resonated with me and that it's that you're moderate in things. And I think a good realtor, a good politician, a good person, you listen to things from all sides and you intake it and you're not afraid to hear a new idea that may be coming from someplace different than where you're used to hearing. So being open to take things 
and make your own intellectual decision of how to move forward with that. I feel like that that art has been lost or the media, the what's out there would seem that that art has been lost or the people who are doing it just aren't talking about it. It definitely so. seems that way to me. It seems mm-hmm. like you're in one of two parties and if you're in those parties, you have extreme views if you were to be covered on media or to mm-hmm. be relevant in politics. And that extremism and that media coverage is what's pushed me out of those two parties. Mm-hmm. I'm just in this middle party. I call uh-huh. myself a Republican. Because I just, I don't fit into either box. Yep. And there's parts I agree with, with both parties, but neither of them have it right in my point of view. Dude, I'm tracking with you 100%. Yeah. So it's really hard to vote in a election right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to really dig in and see what, what do people truly believe and what are they just saying to be electable. Yeah. The onus is on now the voter to not just listen to what's put out there, but then to also to then dig. go and dig and yeah. see what's what's fact and what's fiction. And that's, uh, that's disheartening, you mm-hmm. know? And I just, mm-hmm. I hate that we're at that place of just... We'll just have to work so hard for the truth. I know. It shouldn't know? be like that. And and then he, when you find it, it's like, uh, is it really? So my boyfriend always says, I'm politically agnostic. It's just <laughs> like, I don't believe anything that anybody says. I mean, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Grant Hammond, this has been a treat. <laughs> Love getting to know you better. Thank you for sharing your insights and being here with us. And like Heather, I just really appreciate what you post, what you put out there, and what you share. Thank you so much. So anyways, all you guys who tuned in today, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any topic or conversation you would like Heather and I to cover, email us, podcast at wilsongrouprealestate.com. We'll get on it. Have a great day. Call ATA, CPA, and advisors to help you with all of your accounting needs. ATA can help you amplify your business with tax planning, client accounting services, advisory, and assurance services. Contact partner David Hart and the ATA team today at 615-662-2727 or visit atacpa.net to get started. Hey, if you're loving the show, we would be delighted to hear from you. Be sure to go over to your podcast app, scroll down to where it says ratings and reviews, and tell us your thoughts. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and move up in their life. This show is edited by Elizabeth Evans Media. The Wilson Group Real Estate Services is one of Nashville's top premier boutique real estate firms. We specialize in working with buyers and sellers for housing, investment, and commercial needs, as well as offering a full-service property management division for your investments. Check out our website today at wilsongrouprealestate.com.